Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. Today, I'm talking with my friend Tyler. I've known Tyler since kindergarten, since we grew up together back in Alaska. That's almost 30 years ago, which just blows my mind to think about. When we were growing up, we didn't live too far from each other early on. We played sports all through high school together, mostly baseball. Then Tyler moved to Nebraska when he was 16. After living in a handful of states, Tyler and his wife Emily now live in Kentucky. And they just had their third boy not too long ago. So in this episode, Tyler shares what he's learned about being a dad to three boys, what it's like living in a handful of places across the country, and we also get a chance to compare our experiences of moving to Nebraska from the last frontier, which is really cool for me because that's something that we don't have in common with a lot of other people. So it was uh, kind of cool to talk about that and some of the things that we missed about Alaska, some of the differences about living in the continental United States or the lower 48, as we like to call it back home. But anyway, it was a really good conversation. We got to catch up. We haven't been able to do that in a really long time. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you like what you hear on the podcast, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get the newest episodes immediately. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Tyler. Hope you enjoy Tyler, man, it's good to see you. How's it going? Good, Logan. Long time. I know. Been? It's been a while, man. It's been good. How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Got some changes in life and uh, we're managing through it. Nice. Yeah, you just had another baby, right? Number three. Number three. We've got uh, three boys now, so six, four, and uh, seven weeks. Oh, man, that is awesome. I bet there's never a dull moment in the house, though, right? No, everything gets jumped off of and, and broken, and that's just what we live with and expect. It's good though; it's <laughs> awesome. Do your uh, do your older boys help out with the baby at all? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, like when I mean, like as much as they can, right? They'll bring over a diaper or you know a, a wipe or something. That's about as much as you can hope for with a four year old and a six year old. So it's it's way different though having a newborn with two kids that are like functioning humans. So that's new to us. I bet, man. Your your six-year-old and your four-year-old, can they kind of self-sustain a little bit? Like go to the bathroom by themselves, almost eat by themselves, so they can kind of do some of those things without you having to provide for them at all times? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like our, uh, I mean, for the most part, like our, you know, I would never want to because it'd be a disaster, but like our six-year-old could like run his own day. Okay. I mean, it would be a terrible day, but he'd run it. <laughs> Hey, that's all right. It's progress, right? That's all you can ask yeah. for. Yeah, for sure. It'd that's... be like a day full of like Cheerios and like probably spoonfuls of peanut butter. It's not much different than college. <laughs> I was just going to say a day of Cheerios and peanut butter. Sign me up, man. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Tyler, I wanted to get you on the pod. First of all, because it's been a long time since we've been able to hang out and chat. Second of all, our stories are a little similar. And I think it's cool to get another perspective of what it was like to move to the Midwest, specifically Nebraska, from Alaska. You know, we grew up together ever since- Like on the street. 
Yeah, down the street. Elementary school, you know, Cub Scouts, sports, all of that stuff. You know, we we were pretty much inseparable there for a while. Uh Uh-huh. Playing baseball together all through school. Um, I think like what, like the the All Star League. Yep, All Stars in the summer. Wasilla Wildcats. Yep, yep. And Cottonwood Creek Elementary. That's right. Go Cougars. Go Cougars. Yeah, yeah man. Gosh, um, that's why you know it's weird for me. Logan is um, since I moved away from Alaska at the age of sixteen. There are, I mean, like truly, you're it as far as friends that I have from my early childhood. That's and crazy. so. That's it's super weird for me because I moved to Nebraska and you're aware of it. Like there's so many people from Nebraska that are like, yep, my friends are the same people that I was friends with when I was three. And we went to elementary, middle school, high school, college. And now we're married and we live down the street. And it, you know, it's always like, and they're like, hey, how about you, Tyler? I was like, well, I met some really awesome folks when I was 16 and uh, I'm super close to them. But I don't have like those long, like decades long friendships. I was going to ask you about that because you kind of had that luxury of when you moved to a new state, you were still in high school. And that's kind of, a, I guess, I don't know, from an outsider's perspective, maybe it was an advantage. Maybe it was a disadvantage because there were already those pods of friends set up already. So you're this new guy coming in from Alaska. What was that like for you? Were you able to kind of get in and, and meet some friends and do things together like that? Yeah, if I look back on what that transition was like, and, and oddly enough, I wasn't I wasn't nervous going into it. I was pretty excited. I don't know. I've always just kind of had like this adventurous, like, sure, I'll try it. Let's do it. When I went to Nebraska, the biggest shock, honestly, was like culturally, it was a shock. Like, like I moved to a town that was a uh, like a pretty large Hispanic community. And I, I don't know, you know where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Wasilla. Like not like there wasn't a lot of diversity. And so moving there was like this influx of like all these different cultures. It was super cool. And the other thing that I remember is just being unbearably hot. Like just like the word. So I like I moved there and it was Legion baseball. And it was like, oh my gosh, you guys are going outside and it's 90 degrees. Like 90 degrees growing up was like, I kind of want to stay inside because it might be too hot. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, and like, I remember like a couple of days, like we'd have baseball practice and it'd be like 95 degrees. And I'm like, I try to sneak like a little bag of ice in my back pocket. Cause it was like, this is awful. Like, <laughs> how do you survive in this? When I moved to Nebraska, it was the middle of July. It was like three or four days straight of a hundred plus degree heat. Plus it was probably... 70%, 80% humidity. So not only is it hot, but it's that wet hot that just weighs you down. And I, I got down here. I was like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, this is For not me. Sure. For sure. And what's wild is now I'm on the other side of that living in Kentucky. <laughs> and so like, I went, I went back to Nebraska and I want your opinion on this. Cause I like, I swear by this. I think Nebraska is colder in the winter than Alaska. It feels terrible. Like I remember going back, I don't know, maybe last year or the year before, and uh, I think it was December. And and in a court, you're aware of this coming from Alaska, living in Nebraska. Like there's different windshield wiper fluid for cold weather. Well, in Kentucky, it's just like Windex you put in your car. So that's what we had in our car. And of course, we're you know driving in the interstate, getting we get into Nebraska, we turn on our like 
our windshield wipers and it froze. And so I was like, oh, oh no, Emily, I, I got this. Like, I feel like it's like husband duty. I got to go like switch out the, you know, the, the windshield wiper fluid. I got there. I'm starting to pour it in there. And I like, all of a sudden, like it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, it hurts to breathe. Like it is so cold. My, like, why did I live in a place that it hurts to breathe? I do feel that way. And I tell people that all the time. And they look at me like I'm crazy because it's the humidity that makes it feel so much colder here than it does back in Alaska. You know, it's 20 and, and the wind. Yeah. The wind yeah. is rough here back home in the, in the wintertime, 20 degrees, 30 degrees. That's you could wear a t-shirt into the store and be okay. Yeah. 20 degrees here. I'm bundled up. I got my hat on, my gloves on, my gator around my neck. I'm freezing. And people always give me crap. Oh, you're from Alaska. This is nothing for you, right? And I'm like, no, this is terrible. Why Why does anybody like this? Get out of here with that. Yeah, for sure. I always made the joke, like, when people were migrating across the U.S., what was it that made them stop in Nebraska? It is either really hot or really cold. And I know I'm dogging on Nebraska, I love Nebraska. I love Nebraska too, man. That's what's crazy too. You know, you tell people, hey, I'm moving to Nebraska from Alaska. And they're like, why would you move down here? What What is wrong with you? What What's going through your mind? Well, for me, it was being closer to family. And it was also yeah. more opportunities career-wise. And I don't know if for that's sure. something that you found as you, you know, went through high school and went to college here in Nebraska and then looking for jobs and whatnot. I don't know if you'd be able to find the same types of jobs back home that are available down here. No. In fact, I, I, I don't know if you would say the same thing. I was told people, but I told people if I wouldn't have moved to Nebraska, I wouldn't have gone to college. Like I, I probably would have just gone and worked on the slope because it was, it's good money. It's good work. But like when I moving to Nebraska is like, Oh, like it was much more intentional that schools push you towards college. I don't know if I had that same feeling. I know that, after graduating high school, like I knew I needed to go to college, but I had no yeah. idea where to start with that. And then looking for college, I was like, well, yeah, I'll apply. But I think I applied to one out of state school and then just ended up going to UAA anyway, because it was cheap yeah. and it had what I wanted to do. Going to school up there, I, it's kind of contradictory to what I just said, but being in that smaller environment at UAA in the journalism program allowed me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to do probably if I would have gone to school in Nebraska, because there are so many more people here vying for those jobs, vying for those student jobs. So I'm kind of backtracking a little bit because college seemed like a better opportunity to find experience and work in my field. But then once you graduate, journalism jobs in Alaska are few and far between. It took me a good five months after graduating college until I found my first job. So it was, yeah. it was tough, you know, trying to f- do that. And then if you want to move up in Alaska as a journalist, it's tough, man. So coming down here, well, I came down here, number one, because of a job. And number two, because all my mom's family lives in Lincoln. So it was a, it yeah. was a home run for me. And, and you have family down here, too. So what was that like for you going to college here in Nebraska? And then trying to find a job afterwards. Yeah, my my college story was a little unique. So I was uh, an education major for three years, mm. and um, I started student teaching uh, about that two and a half, three year mark, and then realized I didn't I didn't think that's what I wanted to do. 
And so I quickly looked for a degree, one that I could that I could get through quick, but also one that I had a high job placement. So I ended up picking a degree called industrial distribution. The way I characterize it is it's business school with uh, a light touch of engineering mixed into, and it's specifically uh, targeted for people going into like a technical sales role, which is, I mean, functionally, that's exactly what I do. I manage a sales team today. Uh, the company I work for is is the world's largest company dedicated to automation. So we help manufacturing plants automate their process or make them safer or gather more data from their machines. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So I've gotten, I've gotten to see a lot of things and how they're made. So if, if I'm talking to my mom and she's like, what do you do? I always go, Hey, have you seen the show how it's made? That's my job. Okay. So you run the machines that make the things that give us the things that we don't even think about. Right? Yeah. Everything from like, you know, nobody thinks about how an envelope is made or, uh, or how your luggage is sorted at the airport. So those are kind of things I get to have my hand in on a pretty regular basis. That's really interesting. That's a lot of fun. I bet. It's something new every day, I'm sure too. Oh, for sure. What's been the most unique thing that you got to see get made? Was it the envelope or, or what? Do you have another story that you could share? I think, uh, I've obviously been to many like meat packing plants where they, I mean, like where the, the slogan was from mooing to frozen in 30 minutes. Um, so they break down a cow every, you know, in 30 minutes and it's, and it's packaged and ready to go. Like that on the surface, it sounds maybe a little gross, but you got to eat somehow. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think something as simple as like the baggage handling system underneath an airport that gets your bag to the right plane is fascinating. And how do we do that with as little interaction and as accurately as possible so that, you know, when you get to Hawaii, your bags, they're ready to go. Right. It's just that magical process that we don't really think about as travelers or as people of society. It's like, oh, yeah, well, it's just kind of expected that when you get on the plane, your luggage will be there. But then when it's not there. That's when you notice. Yeah. So, and you know, obviously I live in Kentucky now, so working with bourbon distilleries and and making sure that those processes are are accurate every single time is pretty fun. You have my attention. You had my attention yeah. earlier. You just said the magic word. So what's that yeah. like for you? Do you get to like meet the owners of these big distilleries and kind of hang out with them? Are they your clients? How does that all work? Gen- generally, we don't like we wouldn't meet the owners, but we'd meet the like the VP of operations or something to that effect. Really, the people that are focused on making the product accurately and consistently over time okay gotcha yeah gotcha that's cool but super beautiful i mean if you ever get a chance go on a bourbon tour because they're uh, generally fantastic facilities they're in a gorgeous remote area yeah it's it you know kentucky's weird it's uh it's so louisville is very different than the rest of kentucky so the rest of kentucky would not call louisville the south okay but people in louisville be like yeah of course we're the south so it's just interesting, but like the, even like the accents get thicker as you move outside of the city. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. fun. Have you become a bourbon aficionado now? I appreciate it, but man, they're, they're experts out there for sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I'm a, I'm a dad with three kids. I can't be in a bourbon expert. 
You've been a dad for a while now. You have three kids. We've talked about that a little bit at the top of the show. Did you always want to be a dad? I've asked my buddies who are dads this a few other times, but is that something that you always knew that you wanted to be? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like I thought I wanted to be a dad. I can tell you, I didn't, I didn't know. Like you don't know what it's like to be a dad until you're a dad though. And I, like I tell all my friends, like if their wife or girlfriend is pregnant, like and they're like, oh, I'm just trying to get prepared. It's like, I hate to break it to you. You're not going to be prepared. Nobody in the history of parenthood has been prepared to be a parent. Uh, the highs are way higher than you could ever imagine. And the frustrating times are frustrating. And so, but overall, it's awesome. I mean, it, it makes you look at a lot of things differently. You've been a dad for six years now, three times over. Does it get easier as more kids come along or does it get harder? Because now you have to tend to two older boys and then a younger one too at the same time. No, I think I, you know, so I had my first uh, son when I was 26 and so I'm 33 now, just had my third son. I think the way I appreciate them has changed. Like I, and I don't know if it's a maturity thing or whatnot, but I am enjoying this son in a very different way than I did my first son. I think because I'm intentionally taking the time to like soak it in because it's kind of come to a realization like this moment of time is only today and tomorrow he's going to be older. And the day after that, it's just, and it's so cliche, but it goes quick. I really like that perspective that you have. I think a lot of people should have that perspective just in life in general. I think we'd all be a lot better off if we looked at life that way, that we're focused on right now. We're focused on today. We're not thinking about five years from now. We're thinking about what's happening today and what am I doing today to be better. And it's the same thing with you. How, what are you doing today with your boys that are helping them grow as well? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know. We could, we could certainly go down the COVID path at some point during their chat, but I'll tell you, like I, I asked my sales team the other day and I've been trying to think about this personally too. Like what have I learned during this experience that I don't want to forget when all this is over. And I think like the thing for me is, man, I love being able to be intentional with my boys because I'm here. When this is all over and I go back to, you know, traveling for work or whatnot, I want to remember that like, hey, I really love just being all in dad because like I said earlier, like they're only today's age today and I don't get, I don't get a redo. That's a great way to look at it, man. And none of us get a redo on anything, you know, it's, no way. it's something that I'm, I'm still learning that too. I, sometimes I take things for granted. I'm like, Oh yeah, well, whatever. That's, but that's because we're human, man. Yeah, we are. It's, it's yeah. hard. It's hard to, and I, I think that the older I get, the better I'm getting at it for sure. I, I look yeah. at myself now and I look at myself even, you know, eight years ago or so when I moved down here, the difference between then and now is just night and day. It's crazy. That perspective, that lesson of, of perspective. And, and this has been a subject that's been on this podcast a lot because I think a lot of people are starting to realize that now is yeah. finding, finding that perspective and having this downtime. Well, not downtime, but more time at home, less traveling, less 
distractions on the weekends and, and less sports on TV that are, you know, just sucking us in. We've been able to spend a lot more time looking inward and figuring out what's going on with ourselves. What are some of those other lessons that you're kind of learning about yourself besides spending time with your boys? Are there other things that you're learning about yourself that you didn't know before? Yeah, I think, you know, there's certainly things about my job and the flexibility of my job that maybe I took for granted before. Even when we talked about going to see a customer, it's like, well, I I probably didn't value that before because that was just normal. Right. But now that it's been taken away a little bit and more of those interactions with our customers are virtual or or over the phone, I do value that. I, I like, I value like the time to be able to go and see new things and go interact with people, you know, uh, in person and not, not to say that like, you know, Hey, there's been some awesome lessons from work too. Like there's a time and place for a, a virtual meeting and probably need to hold on to that in the future. But I think there's things, there's things like, like going and seeing a, an operation that I miss, like going and diving into a plant and going and seeing a machine and, and certainly, like, we're, we're pretty involved with our church. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I do miss is I miss going to church. Yeah. Like, it, like I, didn't, I didn't realize how much I valued going to church in person until it wasn't an option. And uh, meeting with our Bible study group and just that community uh, interaction is, I don't know, is more valued today than what it was. And uh, certainly probably should have been valued more beforehand. But yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know how much I valued it until it was taken away. Right. It's that whole lesson of you have something and you don't know any different. Well, now you're unable to do those activities. And so being able to come back and go back into the plant, go back to those meetings, go back to that Bible study gives you that bigger appreciation for those things. So you're trying to get the most out of it. But like for you guys moving to a new state, moving because you lived in Wisconsin for a little bit, right? After Nebraska, you lived in Wisconsin, and now you live in Kentucky. Yeah, there's a lot of other states in there, too. Let me, let me go through it. Alaska, Nebraska, Seattle, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Carolina, but just for a small stint, and then uh, Louisiana, and then uh, Oregon for about two and a half years, and then back to Nebraska and now Kentucky. So let me ask you this. Yeah. One thing that my dad always told me, and I have learned this to be true now that I have been in a few different places. He would always say to me, nothing changes but the faces. And what I mean by that is everywhere you go, there are the same types of people who you come across in your life who are exactly like other people that you've met before. Their values are the same and how they act is the same. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, accents change. Yeah, I learned that this move. But as you said that, I kind of harken back to like when we first moved here, uh, first time I went to Bible study, there's a guy that I met that I was like, oh my gosh, he reminds me so much of Brian back home. And so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think a lot of that has to do with what you choose to surround yourself with. You're going to be surrounded with like if you're consistent in what you surround yourself with, you're going to find like people. Yeah, absolutely. If you put out good energy, you're going to get good energy back. For I, sure. Yeah. It's yeah, I would agree with that. So when you moved to move to uh outside of Louisville, were you able to kind of jump into that community and make friends? I guess going to church and having Bible study helps, but 
what was your experience like trying to find a community there? Yeah, because we've moved enough times now, we kind of have this like system of like, how are we going to get established? And, you know, the first thing we do now that we have kids and we look the school districts and then we, we start like kind of, we go into different social groups and just get a, a general feel from people. Like, you know, we find like a, I guess in this case, it was like a, a mothers with young kids group um, from the area on Facebook and just kind of get their sense. And does it line up with what we found? And then we start looking for churches and like that's, that's generally our path. And, I've worked a couple times now, and, and if we move in the future, well, that's probably the, the system we'll use. And like I said earlier, we're involved in a Bible study group. That's one of the things we try to do right away, just to get a sense of community. And, and quite frankly, you know, a lot of it, it's out of want, but also out of necessity. So that, you know, when a kid gets sick, we have a group to lean on and say, okay, where do we go? Our kid's got an ear infection. Or, uh, hey, we need to buy this. What's a, where's a local store we can go to? Do you have a favorite place that you've lived and do you have a least favorite place that you lived? Yeah. So, um, places we would live again, for sure. Uh, we like Louisville a ton. Uh, we loved Oregon. We loved Nebraska. Uh, we like Wisconsin a lot. I would never live in Seattle again. How come? And, uh, Seattle feels like a, like a crowded Chicago to me. And it's right by the water, so like you can't even expand that way. It's just it's just crowded. I'm not a I'm not a big city guy, so I just didn't care for Seattle. Okay. And, oh, and and I probably would never live in Louisiana either. Although the food was fantastic. I was so. gonna ask you about that. Yeah, food is is uh, is top notch there, but uh, I don't know. It just felt dirty. Really? Yeah, it was just there was trash everywhere. Shoot. I don't know, but that was, that was my experience. Yeah. 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 You've been saying that you've lived all over the country. Are you looking for kind of a place to establish some roots? You said that you like Louisville quite a bit. Are you guys yeah, looking we, to put some roots down and, and stay there for a while? Yeah, that's that's our thought right now is um, we just want to bloom where we're planted and uh, we're here for now. So uh, we love it here. So we would we would definitely stay if, if uh, work allows that. We're big fans of our church and the community we're involved in. It's nice. What are some things around Louisville that you like? You guys like to do as a family, number one. And then number two, with you and your wife, what are some of the things that you guys like to do if you ever get a date night or something like that? Yeah. Walk me through that a bit. My opinion is the Louisville area is kind of like a hidden outdoors gem. Uh, so we've got Red River Gorge pretty close by, which is a huge uh, park, uh, state park, which is Absolutely gorgeous. Tons of hiking. It, it, from an outdoor standpoint, it's a great like hunting and fishing state too. So love taking the boys fishing. I like to hunt personally. And uh, from a day standpoint, we're really spoiled. So Google has such a great food scene. And it's, this is just my theory. So UPS's um, Worldport is their sorting facility. It's here in um, in Louisville. So we get daily fresh fresh fish, fresh whatever. Um, this comes in. So great restaurant scene, a good art scene here too. Um, there's a lot of options. I don't know anything about Louisville besides their basketball team. Their college basketball team is always really good. And sure. it's in Kentucky. That's about, yeah. that's about all yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, Louisville is also really cool from a proximity standpoint. It's two hours to Indianapolis. I live in probably 45 minutes from Cincinnati. Oh. We're three hours from Nashville. 
while Louisville is fantastic, it's also a great location to go anywhere else. So St. Louis is four hours away. You know, to be honest, the state is just, it's gorgeous. Like, that was one of the things that blew me away when I came here. So you fly in and you're looking over, you know, mountains and big rolling hills that are all forest. Has your perspective on what is beautiful in terms of a landscape changed with every place that you've lived? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if you, if, if let's say pre move away from Alaska, Tyler was asked, Hey, do you think flat cornfields are going to be beautiful? I would have said no. I can tell you that like, like there is nothing prettier to me than like, and it sounds weird to somebody that hasn't experienced, but like seeing a cornfield that's fully grown and seeing the wind move over the corn, it is gorgeous and peaceful. Yep. And like, I, like every time I go back to Nebraska, it's just peaceful. I, yes. So the answer is yes. Every <laughs> time I've moved, my, my opinion of beautiful changes from the landscape standpoint. Yeah. And I, I haven't lived in any places that are not beautiful. Right. Like all of them have something very unique to appreciate. You give me a field with some hay bales that are all baled up in rows across the field. Yeah. And you give me some blue sky and some green grass. You know, I don't know if you can beat that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting. So I, I've only been back to Alaska once. And I, I actually saw you on that trip. Uh, Man. But I, you know, oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, I was. I think we were both 21. Yep. <laughs> or 20. And uh, But I remember that drive from Anchorage to Wasilla. And obviously, you know, when I moved away, I, I, I wasn't able to drive. So I drove up and I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't remember there being this many trees. Like the yeah. trees are everywhere. And uh, and I think it was just because I was so used to Nebraska where there's not as many trees. Right. Like, there's a lot more open space. And I remember also feeling like, man, like everything's so close. And I think it was just because my perspective had changed to wide open. Yeah, I was the same way. You know, you're, you feel, you do feel kind of claustrophobic back home in Alaska because you have things on all sides of you down, down here. You could, if you find a good spot, you can see for miles and miles and miles. Did you find it difficult when you moved? Like, I remember like when I went to Nebraska, just being like, look, I have no directional sense because there's nothing to look to. Yep. My like wife- in Alaska, everywhere you can be like, oh, there's Hatcher Pass. That way I know what way that is. Yeah, dude. I struggle with directions in a bad way. My wife makes my wife makes fun of me all the time. Interesting that your wife knows directions. My wife is like a whiz. I'm quite confident if she was like blindfolded and we went on a car ride, I could instantly just say, "Hey, which way is north?" and she'd know. I would have no clue. My wife no would clue. be the same way. Is your wife from Nebraska originally? Yeah, she she grew up in Broken Bow. She's a uh, her her parents were cattle ranchers. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a Nebraska thing. I really do. I think, uh, especially a farmer's daughter or rancher's daughter thing. Like they have grown up and they know their directions because that's what their parents have taught them. That's what they've grown up with. Sarah grew up on a ranch. Uh, her dad had a farm, yeah, and a feedlot. He just retired a few years ago. Okay, so, it's yeah. really similar. Emily, yeah, Emily grew up on a ranch and her dad retired. Yeah, a couple years ago now. When you met your wife, I assume that you met her in college. Yeah. 
What was yeah. that like for you going from going through that relationship and eventually becoming a husband and a, and a father? What, what's that been like for you? Yeah. So we met, I was, um, well, it was my first senior year of college. I know and, that game. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So she was two years younger. So I immediately went to, uh, to an internship in Minnesota, um, right after we met. So our like first three months dating, I lived in Minnesota and she was back in Nebraska. And we kind of made this deal like, hey, we'll alternate, you know, who's going to travel to who. Because, you know, it was, it was like six hours from Minneapolis to Omaha. And, uh, you know, that goes, it quickly turned into, I was coming back down to Nebraska, like every time. Yep. And, uh, and so then, then I went back to school and uh, finished my second senior year. And then I immediately moved to Wisconsin. So uh, by the time we got married, uh, or when we got married, we had spent more time apart than together because I, I went to Wisconsin. She finished her senior year, and then I moved to Oregon. I was there for six months, and then we got married, and she moved out. Wow. So we, uh, but when we got married, it was it was a lot of new. We had spent a school year together, but you know, functionally we'd never live together. And so there's a lot of new stuff, new, new place for both of us. And, uh, you know, I think it was good though, to start our marriage in a place where we were both new. It was, it was kind of a neat experience. So yeah. You experience everything for the first time together. Yeah. That's cool. And also terrifying, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was different, but you know, it, we just, uh, you know, we had, you know, a lot of the, the, newly married struggles of like, oh, you do stuff that way. Like I quickly learned that I folded towels the wrong way. You know, it, it's half and then it's thirds. It's not thirds and then it's halves. So, uh, but you know, I don't, it was fun. I mean, we get, we've got to experience a lot of cool new adventures, which is kind of how we look at every move we've made as a new adventure uh, together. And I think it's made us closer because we've had to depend on each other um, quite a bit. So you were both pretty open-minded to what was next. I know sometimes that those challenges could get in the way of a relationship, but you just saw it as a new way to bond and a new, you're learning something new about her every single time. Yeah. I, you know, I think um, uh, I was a little more open to going and exploring new places just because I had done it so many times. By that point I had lived in, you know, Alaska, Nebraska, Seattle and Minnesota. She had primarily lived in Nebraska. I get, you know, I take that back. She actually, she lived in Mexico and Spain for a little bit too. Um, but I was open to it, you know, because it was, you know, it's closer to Alaska. Yeah, kind of culturally, there's some similarities between Portland and Alaska. Mm-hmm. And funny story, she was, you know, her first uh, when I was going through my training program. They said, "Where do you want to live?" And of course, we were engaged at the time. I called Emily. She said, "I don't want to live in Seattle." That's my only thing. Rains too much there. And so I got the assignment. Okay, you're moving to Portland. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh, I wonder if Emily knows that Portland is three hours away from Seattle. And uh, I called her and I was like, hey, uh, hey, guess what? We're going to a place with a lot of trees and it's really green and it's pretty. She's like, where is it? I was like, Portland. <laughs> and uh, that was super hard uh, for her initially. But then she fell in love with Portland, and that was kind of a cool turning point. And then on, we were like, hey, if we're moving, let's look at it like an adventure, because we don't know how long we're going to be there. Right. And, uh, and like, you know, case in point, like, Kentucky was not on our list of places we ever considered. And so when 
we had an opportunity to move there for work, we both kind of sat down and said, hey, like, look, we have a choice. We can either wallow in it a little bit, or we can look at it like, hey, we don't know anything about Kentucky. Let's go have as much fun and learn as much about the area and go explore as possible. And so just that like change in mindset has made a huge difference for us. And, you know, I don't know, we've, we've also, because we've done it enough times, we know we'll make it anyway yeah. and we'll figure it out. Yeah, I think that's the best way to look at something like that. Yeah. Um, growing up, we would always travel. My dad would always say, hey, this is just a new adventure. And so I, I was used to kind of dealing with adversity. Um, so when we have things that go wrong in our lives, when Sarah and I have things that go wrong at the house or go wrong, you know, plans to work out, our concert tickets to Red Rocks get canceled, you know, all that stuff. It's just a new adventure, right? Like same with staying at home. I feel like this staying at home has been a new adventure for all of us. You know, you're Mm -hmm. trying to find new ways to do things. So that's really neat that you guys are looking at it that way. How have the kids been with some of these adjustments? Yeah. So um, this, you know, I talked about being happy with staying here. You know, now we're in a situation where my oldest is going into kindergarten in like, I don't know, three, four weeks now. So that's another like added layer of like, oh, we get, it's not just us. Now. Like, you know, it wasn't just us before, but we didn't have to be concerned about school and lessons. We could just kind of move on a dime with the kids being younger. But now we've got to be a little more intentional about thinking, you know, what are the what are the benefits and consequences to moving at what point? You know, like I had a great experience changing schools. That's not the case for every kid. And so we just want to be super mindful and uh, of what does that mean for our, our oldest and soon to be our middle kid. And seems like a long time from now, but won't be our, our youngest kid. I feel like that's one of those things too, where it's like that we'll cross that bridge when we get there type of thing. Like you don't know yeah. if there's an opportunity a year from now to go somewhere else. You're just trying to make the most of the time that you have in Louisville right now. That's right. Like I, I said it earlier and I read it in a book. I just loved it. Like it was the whole concept of like bloom where you're planted. I like, like that a lot. Make the most of today. I feel like for us to kind of bring it back to Nebraska a little bit, Sarah and I just love it here in Seward. Like we can't, when we think of other small towns in Nebraska, we can't really think of another place that we would prefer to live. Mm-hmm. And so to, to have a place here, to have some community around us, to have these friendships here, man, I couldn't ask for anything more. And it's just crazy how things work out like this. I kind of always assumed that I would end up in Nebraska somehow. Really? Going through high school and college and all that. I kind of I knew I would be down here. I just didn't know how I would get here. I didn't know what would bring me down here. But I, I always felt a pull. Um, yeah. Have you felt any of that? I know moving to Nebraska maybe wasn't your choice necessarily when you were a kid, but did you feel like, you know, did you feel like you found a new home when you moved and, and maybe to some of these other places too? Yeah, for sure. Like I, um, you know, so my family on my mom's side, similar to you, is all from Nebraska. They're all from the Sand Hills. Yeah. And a little town called Mullen. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up just like, you know, it was like, hey, we're going to watch the Huskers. And I heard stories about Nebraska, you know, the in Mullen, you know, the grocery store is Mackey's Grocery. And 
there used to be, you know, there's Mackey's Deli and there used to be Mackey's Hardware. So like in, in my head, it was always like, well, yeah, I live in Alaska, but, but you know, my roots are in Nebraska. So, and I, I would tell you, you know, even though the first 16 years of my life, I grew up in Alaska, if you ask me, where did I grow up? Well, it's actually like, usually it's a complicated answer. Like my first answer is like, oh, in Nebraska. And I said, but, but I mean, I really grew up in Alaska. So, at, you know, I kind of have this mixed, like, I feel like I was, a, my childhood was Alaska. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Nebraska. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So, and I think yeah. my, yeah. So a question for you. Do you look forward to when people ask you where you're from? I do kind of feel like an overshare sometimes. Just because it's so unique, I, and I feel bad. Like, I'm not one to kind of toot my own horn on anything because I don't think I have anything to toot my own horn about. But a lot of times people ask me, oh, did you go Did you go to school here? Where did you go to school here? And I'm like, well, I went to school back home in Alaska. And they're like, what? I love it when people ask me where I'm from. And I think it annoys my wife so much. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, you, you're from Nebraska. But, well, tell me about Alaska. Yep. I and, get the same thing. I, I love answering that question. Do you reach out and start conversations with people who you see wearing Alaska stuff? Oh, or if they have an Alaska license plate? Yep. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yep. Like, if I'm driving down the road and there's an Alaskan license, my wife will expect, I, at some point, I will say, my people. Yep. Yep. I will I will go out of my way to go search them out. I will point it out every single time. And it what's weird is like I feel a sense of calmness when I see an Alaska license plate. Like I, I don't know, I just feel more at ease for some reason. I can't really explain it. It's really strange. For sure. Now do you say like they're like, Oh, where are you from in Alaska? Do you say Wasilla or do you say Valley? I say Wasilla. And they're like, okay. Oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's 40 miles north of Anchorage. It's where Sarah Palin's from. Oh, yeah, yeah I same, know that. Same story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really funny. And what's crazy is when I meet people down here, they usually have a story of, oh, I went to Alaska on a cruise, or my nephew lives in Alaska, or somebody has some okay. sort of connection up there. It's it's insane. Yeah. Now, what's weird is like, all right, you and I grew up down the street from each other. Like, yeah. I mean, truly down the street. I was just up, I don't know. I was on Seward and Bogart. I don't know. I think it was up Seward. Yep. And then, I don't know, fast forward like 10 years. I'm like, wait, Logan lives like 40 minutes from us. Yeah. And like, it's not like we moved from a big city to a big city. Like, we moved from a small town to a small town. And it was weird. Like, you know, being able to come out and hang out with you and Emily that one that one time, and then you guys were able to come to the wedding. Like, it's just yeah. incredible how close in proximity that we've stayed. It's crazy, yeah. and we've stayed in contact. Social media helps quite a bit, but you know, just being able to have those lifelong connections, man, it's oh, it just warms my soul so much. Like, I I don't yeah, know, sure. it's crazy. It. Huh. So what? Um... What were some weird things for you when you moved to Nebraska? It was really weird when it was nighttime and hot. When the sun was down and it was hot because it was humid and I would just sit there and be sweating. I did not yeah. like that. Did not like that. Yeah. I remember, I, I don't know, maybe I just felt like it was so much darker here at night. Like, 
Yeah. I felt like in Alaska, like either the moon was reflecting off the snow or something else, or the sun just wasn't down when I went to sleep. I do think it's weird. Like in the summertime, it's completely dark. I've pretty much adjusted to that now, eight years later. I'm still not used to the humidity, but I don't think anybody gets used to the humidity. Even people who have lived, been born and raised here, they're not used to it. Yeah. Um, You're not supposed to be used to it. Right. Here's one thing that was really weird for me that road systems go north, south, east, and west. And not only do you have a main north south road, but you can go pretty much anywhere. And there are so many ways to get to places. That was yeah. really weird for me. And then neighborhoods were like a grid. Yes. Yes. And the- I, was, I, I just everything was all curvy and like going around a mountain in Alaska or, or a creek. Yeah, finding open, finding road wherever the wherever you could, it was all wonky and there was no no yeah. grid system at all. There's no straight roads. I think that's that's something that's helped me directional wise. We talked yeah. about finding directions. So how do you feel about Runza? I love Runza. Okay. And I love their salads. I even love their hamburgers. They have um, the best ranch. They do have the best ranch. We've tried to make our own runzas. Those have worked out really well. So that's our go-to. Like, hey, come over to house. We'll make bunzas, I guess. Do you get them? You can, and you can get them uh, shipped to your house frozen now. No, no Emily, Emily makes them. Oh, well, yeah. When I, I say guess. we make them, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> you wouldn't need to get them shipped anyway. Yeah, I'm sure she makes them way better. When I had my <laughs> wedding and all my buddies were coming in from either Alaska or from Reno, I had we all had to go to runs at once, and they were some they were kind of mixed on it on really? on it yeah. I, I was mixed on it when I first moved there, uh, but it grew on me. Now it's like a must must visit when I go back. Oh yeah, you know what to expect, right? Yeah, you, you know what you're getting. And How do you feel about uh, chili on uh, cinnamon rolls? On cinnamon. Yeah, I love it, man. I really? love I love I, the I, sweetness. You got to have a little bit of sweetness in the chili. Oh, I'm all, I'm all I about it. I more to that. I still think that's weird. You just need to eat it more. Maybe. I probably need to, I do not need to eat that more. <laughs> just go to Cincinnati and have some there and you'll get some you get some practice in. So what's one food from Alaska that you miss? It's got to be Twin Dragon, man. It's got to be. What is that? So I'm I'm really biased here because it was a it was a Mongolian barbecue joint in Anchorage. I lived about a block away from there in college. And you know the Mongolian grill, it's that big circular grill where you get your frozen meats and your frozen vegetables and then they cook it right there in front of you with the big chopsticks and all of that. Well For they, sure. they also had a Chinese buffet. So you could work it down to a science where you get your frozen veggies and meats up to the person who's cooking it. And while they're cooking it, you get your plate of all the Chinese food, like the sesame chicken, the rice, the egg rolls and everything. And you start on your plate while they're cooking your food. Well, then when your food's done cooking on the grill, you get this, you get it in a bowl. Well, then you scoop what was left on your plate into your bowl. And now you got a double bowl. Oh man. It was amazing. We spent probably three days a week there. Me and my buddy Reed and some other buddies too that have been on this podcast. They know exactly what I'm talking about. That was college for me, man. How about you? 
Oh, you know, the, the one that sticks out, and I may get this wrong, um, Evangelos? Yep. Evangelos Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. I was, actually, I was actually hoping the show was sponsored by Evangelos, so I'd get a free, like, Evangelos Pizza. Uh, but it sounds like Twin Dragons might be on the sponsorship list soon. I hope so. Well, I gave them enough money in college that they could they could kick some of that back now. I think that'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I keep pushing for this domesticated dude podcast road trip. So Twin Dragon, Evangelos, let's go. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> you said that Louisville has a lot of food places to try out, but what are some of the things that you and your wife do if you have a date night or if the kids are with a babysitter? Are there things that you guys can do together as a couple that you kind of block out all the distractions and things? Yeah. Um, so like I said, we'd like to go out and eat, um, and because we don't have family here, like everything involves a paid babysitter. Okay. So, uh, so generally it's like a, it's a, there's a time limit, right? To our time away. And it sounds super lame, but, uh, we'll go get dinner and then generally it'll be like, all right, well, we have another hour. You want to go grocery shopping without kids? Cause that sounds relaxing. All and, right. uh, or we'll, well, we just going to walk. Yeah. I like that. Sarah and I go on walks quite a bit. It's just nice to be out in nature, no distractions. You don't you're not on your phone. You're just there together. You can talk about things. And what about you as Tyler? What are Tyler's hobbies? Do you have time for hobbies between work and kids and being a husband? Yeah, so uh I I wish I could tell you I like to work out. I do not. And uh I really want to like it though. I uh, I started playing hockey when I was like 20, 27. Yeah. And, uh, so, but uh, now with kids, I'm kind of, res- I, I try to restrict that time because, you know, I like time is hard to get. And so sometimes you get like 11 o'clock at night or so what I've opted to start doing was I, I play pickup games in the morning before work when everyone's still sleeping. So I'm not taken away from dad time. And then uh, just recently I've started running and, uh, which I never thought I would enjoy, but uh, it's just peaceful and it's a uh, it's time away. It's uh, just me and, and my thoughts. And usually I'm listening to podcasts. So domesticated dude has been uh, been in my ear for a number of miles. Hey, here we go. I was going to ask yeah. you about that because some people like to walk in nature, or run in nature. It's kind of split. Some people like to listen to something in their ear while they're doing that, and some people don't. So it sounds like you do. If you're not yeah. listening to a podcast, are you listening to music or is it just podcasts or what's your preference there? Yeah. So if I'm running on a road, generally it's a podcast or um, if I'm like running on a trail in the woods, uh, just nothing, nothing. And I just like to hear the outside. There's a lot of birds here. It's, I don't know. It's peaceful. Just run through the woods with, with nothing. Well, hey, we've been talking for a little while now. I know we've kind of got off on some tangents, which is great. This is what our podcast is for. Thanks again for spending some time with me. I know it's tough with three kids and a wife and job. It's hard to, it's hard to make time for Tyler. So I appreciate you doing this. Hey, it was worth it to me, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking with you. Tell Sarah I for me. Me too. Tell Emily the same, please. All right. Take care, bud. All right, dude. You too.